Hi guys, welcome to yet another edition of the Red Wall Podcast. I'm your host per usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, and you're listening to episode number 74 entitled Trek Lad. In this edition of the show, I took it upon myself to sit down with yet another friend of mine who also happens to be a Star Trek fan. If a lot of you are into the uh, Star Trek fan community on YouTube, you guys would know him by Michael or aka the Trek Lad. So I really hope that you enjoy this wonderful conversation that I had with my good friend, Michael. Welcome to the Red Wall, Michael. It's a pleasure to have you here. The pleasure is all mine, Marcelo. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and uh, for for those of you who um, uh, don't know, having you here has been quite a snafu because you were supposed to be on earlier, but uh, life got <laughs> in the way. And uh, yeah, and today before the show, we had some audio problems, so which was totally my fault. Uh, no, it's it's fine. in in this in this life, in it, when you're a podcaster and when you create content, sometimes things just don't go the way they're supposed to, and that's that's kind of part of the artistry to it all. I like to I I say that I like to think that it's all artistic, but you know we got to roll with it, right? We're we're here recording. We made it. Yeah. Well, well, well. At least I was on time this time because last time I just totally fucking <laughs> flopped. I forgot. See, see, that's the problem with making international friends. The, you know, the, the difference in time zones, you know, they fuck with your head. Yeah, I mean, the the times, the time, I mean, when I when I first started the um, the podcast, uh, it's almost a year old now. Uh, my first guest, I had a very similar issue where we basically, uh, I was talking to somebody central and because you guys have daylight savings as well, but it's about a week after we do. And the clocks had changed over stateside and I had the completely wrong time and I was an hour early and I was like, yeah, dude, where are you? And I'm like, this is the first proper episode of the podcast that I'm recording. And it got off to this worst start ever, but luckily we were able to reschedule. We, we realigned the times and we had a real blast. And that was, that was 50 podcast episodes ago now. Wow. On my, uh, well, well, uh, this episode, once I, if everything goes well and if I edit it well, this episode is going to be uh, number seventy-four of my personal podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting up there in the you know podcast numbers or whatever. So, first thing I want to ask you, let's get to the heart of the matter. Um, for those, for those of you who uh, know Michael or AKA the Trek Lad, as he likes to be known, he has a problem with a particular Star Trek show. And I really wanted to sort of drive the knife <laughs> a little deeper because you probably knew I was going to bring this shit up, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's get to the heart of the matter and discuss what is your problem with Star Trek Picard? And don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. <laughs> well, well, we're, we're not beating around the bush. We're, we're cutting straight to it. Um, yeah, well, look, the first the first thing I need to say is is very important. This um, is my problems with Picard are my own. I would never attempt to 
force my opinions on other fans or other people. Uh, one of the beauty, uh, the beauty of Star Trek and the beauty of Star Trek as a fan community is we all come together through our collective love of Star Trek and we embrace the Vulcan ideology of, of Idic, right? In, you know, in infinite combination, infinite diversity in infinite combinations. And I love the fact that people love Picard. Um, I love, uh, some people say it's the, it's the best show they've seen. Um, I, I'm not there with Picard. Um, I do like the fact, I mean, the, I, I respect it in certain areas. I respect the fact that they set out to tell a very different story. Uh, I, I love the fact that they got um, Sir Patrick Stewart back. I love the fact that they're moving forward in the Star Trek universe, moving forward as opposed to endless prequels. Although let's be real, the prequels are actually pretty good. Um, I think for me, the the main issue with Picard was, and and I've said this before when I've been on podcasts or I've done live streams, is Discovery was able to take these chances stylistically in its storytelling and and tell a very different story because the way i saw it was discovery was this completely different sandbox it was uh essentially separate from the other star trek shows and eventually in time it was going to connect up with the wider kind of universe it was all going to make sense by the end um similar to kind of like I know it's a terrible analogy, but like similar to the Phantom Menace with Star Wars, where, you know, we were like, what is this universe? And then by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, you're like, oh, okay, cool. It all it all kind of matches up now. I, I kind of have that opinion with, with Discovery. And I'm like, they're playing in this entirely new sandbox. They can do whatever they want to do. Um, with, with Picard, I saw it as they're essentially playing in the same sandbox as the shows that I was growing up with obviously the next generation deep space nine voyager and i'm like you've already kind of got set things in that sandbox you've got rules you've got this um utopia you've got the ideology and it's all you know that no one fought in tng the conflict came from external forces the the monster of the week or the alien of the week or whatever you want to call it um and and for me i feel like picard was such a sh sharp sharp radical kind of departure from the things that we knew to be true in that universe i found it very difficult to reconcile um but also from a from a storytelling perspective and i think this is probably the most egregious i i can accept certain things i can accept uh starfleet in the federation being this kind of more shady organization 20 30 years after the events that we saw in nemesis i can accept that to a degree what i can't really accept though is um slow slow storytelling um chucking a load of stuff with us that kind of excited me as a viewer and then really not doing a very good job of tying it up at the end and answering the questions and and really not leaving me as a viewer particularly interested in seeing more of the adventures of the last serenia but then again no, circling back if you love it you love it and i'm never going to be that kind of person that's like if you like Picard, you're not a Star Trek fan. I'm, I'm, that is not acceptable. Um, so my views are my own. Yeah, but um, your entire argument was way better than the argument that you originally made on your YouTube channel. I don't know. I don't know if I 
don't know if I bring the best out of people, but I think that that argument was, to me, it was way more articulate than your own arguments on your own YouTube channel. Um, I mean, that that was over the course of 10 evenings where I was just essentially yeah. essentially kind of watching it happen on screen and was attempting to kind of talk over stuff. You know, it's kind of, you know, you, you know, this is a content creator and as someone that does watch alongs as well. When you're watching something, you've got a guest on and you're attempting to make arguments. It's kind of sensory overload. So uh, and over the course of 10 hours, nobody makes sense. And I don't make sense after half an hour. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm the most articulate person at any time um but i'm i'm glad that i'm glad that my s- summation of the show and my feelings of the show make a little bit more sense here you did mention that in your mind in tng there was no there was no infighting or there was no arguing right all the all the conflict came from the alien of the week well uh, yeah to a degree yeah to a degree mm. but wouldn't you agree to some extent that after you know tng got on its feet and when they went into season three, they started arguing with themselves, so to speak. They started putting in more conflict. Wouldn't you agree that it got better after they did that? Uh, well, I mean, you, I mean, it could be argued that there was conflict uh, right from the get-go. When when Riker arrives on uh, on the Enterprise for the very first time, there's this kind of weird uh, animosity between him and and him and Picard that's kind of that kind of gets cleared away. As soon as um, as soon as Picard says, "Can you deal? Can you deal with the kids for me?" and Riker's like, "Yeah, okay," and he's like, "Welcome aboard," and that's it. That's it for the conflict. Um, I mean, look, the conflict has always been there, and as much as I love the idea of Gene's vision, where there is no conflict in the future and we're all kind of past petty disputes and things like that, at the end of the day, it's so grossly unrealistic it's it's absolutely never going to happen i mean we're we're 2000 years evolved um but we we still murder each other over property and and trees and stuff like we we are still very primal <laughs> and and i can imagine that we as humans i mean we might have starships in the future maybe one day hopefully but we'll still we'll still have anxiety we'll still get resentful over people being promoted over us and things like that there's always always going to as long as there are humans in the universe there's going to be conflict so i guess i mean my argument has already kind of toppled in on itself i do appreciate that but the one thing is is i do feel like for the most part in tng the crew were just this kind of they were they were the people that we wanted to be they were, the, you know, they represented a civilization where we had, for the most part, overcome the problems that were holding us back, and and then to kind of see Picard and it's it's Raffi and Raffi's kind of like living out the Vasquez rocks in this trailer, which actually looks pretty nice to be honest. And you know, she's talking about materialistic possessions and how she has nothing, and um, it it didn't really, it didn't really sit well with me and also from a narrative you know and i think i might mention this during the streams where i don't really understand why raffi was chewed out i don't really understand it and and they present it in this flashback where they're sat in this really lovely location and she gets called 
you know, to the office and to essentially go and get fired and, and then the relationship falls apart from there. And, you know, first and foremost, Picard would not just quit and walk away like that. So I saw that as a fundamental misunderstanding of the Jean-Luc Picard character because Jean-Luc Picard would just go, well, screw this. I'm just going to go and get a shuttle. I'm going to go and commandeer a ship. I'm going to James C. Kirk this and I'm going to do whatever I can, what little I can with every fiber of my being to try and do right for these people that are in trouble. That is the Jean-Luc Picard that we all grew up knowing and and loving and idolizing. And to just kind of piss off to a farm in France uh, for 15 years, was it's not what he would do. And I appreciate that they're attempting to tell this story. And again, I'll, circling back, I, I, I commend them for doing something different, but it's in the sandbox, like I said. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we know what this character is. So you didn't read the uh, the time book to Star Trek Picard. No, and I don't have to read time books. Okay, that's another point that I that's another point of contention that I uh, I want to poke you with. And it's, I, it's, I, I I mean, if if you my point of contention is that one should not have to read a book to um, to enjoy a, a book should be a piece of supplemental content. It should it's like a it's like a cheese to go with a wine. It goes well together, but you can enjoy both separately. Mm-hmm. Now you should be able to read the book and enjoy the book for what it is, but you should be able to also enjoy the TV show and enjoy it just as much. Mm. And this is an argument that I really don't like where people go, well, if you would have read the book, you would understand it a little bit better. Bullshit. With you just saying that, why in the world did you listen to your pals at Trek Central when they begged you to pick up a book? Did you do that just to pacify them? (laughs) um no because i mean the truth of of i mean literature is um i they they they, i mean they they really wanted me to read this book and truthfully i've not actually started reading it yet which isn't very good um i i've been not gonna listen to this anyway i've had um I've had a on my to-do list, I've had like this wish that I've wanted to read a Star Trek book. I've got like 50 plus books here and I haven't read a single one in like 15 years. And uh, and everyone was like, oh, read Destiny, read Destiny. And people were like, you know, because the, there's always this kind of thing where Star Trek books for the most part are considered non-canon. Now, I, from my understanding, the, excuse me, the time books for Picard are kind of considered canon, right? Kind of, kind of considered yeah. cano- canonical. I mean, they, I guess they can just kind of pick and choose. Um, but That's I, I think, yeah, I feel like the difference between the book that they're asking me to read um, is uh, that is is no longer considered canon because of uh, of, of the arrival of Picard. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not against reading books. <laughs> I, I could probably do with reading a few more books, but I should not have to read a book to appreciate what i'm seeing on screen okay let's move away from uh he who shall not be mentioned in star trek picard and uh where did your where did your love for star trek in general first begin um well i mean you you could say i was i was kind of born into it i i'm almost uh i'm i'm essentially a third generation trekkie uh, my granddad started watching it you know when it first arrived in the uk back in the 70s uh my father watched it 
from the 70s, watched the movies in the cinema, enjoyed TNG when I was being born. And uh, and I didn't really have a choice. Uh, I, I started watching it as soon as I could pick up videotapes and switch on the TV. Uh, one of my earliest memories is putting on Star Trek free on VHS at four o'clock in the morning and having my dad come downstairs and go, you can't watch this. It's too early. Besides you've got the volume up right up. So go back to bed. But you could tell he was probably proud. He's like, yes, my, my son is going to be a Trekkie. Um, and, and it's just been there for me forever, you know, growing up, going through school, um, starting work. It's always been something that I would come home to. I would, I would watch and, and Star Trek really, um, more than any other TV show or movie or piece of media or comic books, whatever, definitely not books because I need to read more, um, is it helped, it gave me tools to become a better person. Now, obviously I had teachers, parents, friends, peers, people to look up to and, and be inspired by and, and give me, you know, help make me a better person. But Star Trek is really the thing in life that has, I, I sound probably like a cult member, but, Above anything else, Star Trek has, has always had stories at the heart of um, you know messages within the stories, and and that's kind of what's kept me in love with it all of these years. And obviously, a couple of years ago, becoming a little bit more uh, active in in making content, it's just really helped. I mean, the the love was already pretty much touching the ceiling, but making content for sure has, has massively helped. I, you know, uh, from my personal experience, you shouldn't feel ashamed uh, by calling yourself a cult member of Star Trek, because for me, Star Trek has always been there. But for me, the love of Star Trek began with um, the original set of movies from, you know, with, with Captain Kirk, Spock, Bones and those and those guys. Mm. And it wasn't really until Netflix came along that I, uh, here's where I lose my Star Trek fan card forever. It wasn't until Netflix came along that I discovered my love of TNG. And now it's my favorite era of Star Trek. And I discovered D Space Nine and, and Voyager and Enterprise. The less said about that, the better. <gasps> uh, but wait, 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 hold it. Hold it. Don't, don't shoot me yet. Let me explain. Um, I, you know, uh, that's why every time I talk to you or every time I talk, every time I talk to uh, Starfleet Boy or any of the people at Trek Central or or um, anybody online, I'm always terrified of going into a Trek conversation because I I, I feel like an imposter, you know, because I, I call myself a Star Trek fan, but I don't know all the corners of the franchise, you know, so you, so I always feel terrified. You, no. No, you don't like you don't without like I'm not going to I'm going to try really hard and not come across as condescending here. You can listen to me. You can choose not to listen to me. And this this extends to anybody else that is listening as well. And I say it all the time and I truly mean it. Uh, and if you disagree, then you disagree. It's fine. That's that's one of the wonders of, of this life that we have, this world that we can disagree, but we can be civil about it is there is no such thing as a perfect Star Trek fan in the same way as there's no such thing as a perfect fan of anything. Um, you 
are a fan, whether you have watched all 800 plus episodes of Star Trek, the 13 movies, or if you've only watched one episode and you just dig it, <gasps> you know, you, you don't have to know every single bloody thing about Star Trek. Do you think I know everything about Star Trek? I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue, Marcelo. I just Google stuff. When I need to know, I hit up Memory Alpha or I go to X Asterix Science or whatever the bloody hell it's called. I just go and I just make sure that whatever I'm going to talk about, I, I learn it and I read it. And if it stays in my brain, then great. I don't, I'm terrible with episode titles. I can't remember what season of Voyager 2 Vix is in. I think it's two. Uh, I can't, can't hold me to it. Um, but the thing is, is, is I truly believe the, the, the conversation of I am not, I can't label myself a good fan or whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. I can't label myself a fan because I haven't watched all of Enterprise or all of Discovery Season 1 or something. You know, it's, it's all just bogus. And that that kind of mentality is how gatekeepers are allowed to thrive. And that can't be. You know, I've had some wonderful conversations uh, on my podcast with, with people and uh, one, one lovely um, young lady, uh, Olivia, uh, who's, who's wonderful on Twitter. And she was like, oh, I don't know if I can come on a podcast because I, um, I've only been a Star Trek fan for like 18 months. I'm like, but you've been a Star Trek fan. You're a Star Trek fan. Like, come, come and have a chat. You know, you might not have seen all of it, but you've, you know, watching an episode and and just coming on and talking about it you know if you if you like star trek you're a fan if you, if you want to be a fan of something you can be a fan is what i'm trying to say and it's so important that we try and understand that and you know it, you don't like enterprise cool like you 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 only discovered tng a couple of years ago so what you've you've watched it and you like it that's great right yeah you got to give me a minute to explain the reason why I love Enterprise, but the reason why I said that it shouldn't be spoken of is because I'm terrified of getting to the Zindi War and loving it and then seeing that that absurd, ridiculous season finale. I swear to you, when I get there, I'm not going to watch it because I refuse to watch that shit. Well, don't, don't watch it then. Don't watch it. You know, you, you won't be any less of a fan. Um, it's... It, the you know enterprise has ups and downs it, it was it, it took a while to get going i do maintain that i think it's a show that's aging very well and it's wonderful yeah. to see so many people discovering it for the first time on twitter mm-hmm. um season one and two you know flim flam jim jam you know <laughs> it takes a while to get going season three is tremendous i i love what manny koto did with a season arc and and that serialization it just works with star trek i i i like per- personally i like a bit of a hybrid I really like Deep Space Nine season seven with the mixture of episodic and serialized storytelling. Um, Season four of Enterprise, I personally think season three is my favorite. Season four is great. And I love how it ties into the universe that was going to become. Personally, I mean, I I can watch these The Voyages. I just headcanon it that Trip never died and I I remove certain things. It, it It was a bit of a kick in the teeth because I'd really grown to love archer and to paul and trip and all these wonderful characters and the fact that they the fact that their swan song was essentially taken away from them and mm. it made a tng story was yeah it was it was rough but the two episodes before demons and terror prime fantastic 
just take that as the original as the as the actual finale and you know now that i say that now that i hear you talk about it, i think when i get there just to be just to be honest and secure i'm probably going to watch the whole thing but Mm. when i rewatch it again inevitably i'll just stop short you know the, the thing is right and the annoying thing is, is the final, um, the final scene. It's not really a scene. It's a CG montage. Um, not, not trying to ruin anything for you, but there's a CG montage that finishes the episode and the oh. series. Right. Okay. And it's, and it is lovely. And, okay. and it is lovely. Um, there, there are some nice things about that episode. It is also nice to see Riker and Troy, uh, kind of doing their thing. The sets don't look right. They're clearly a bit older. There's a vocal cameo by somebody in it. It's lovely. Um, there are things that I do like in isolation about the episode, but my my reservations that I mentioned earlier, they, they still stand. But the thing is, is people feel... The thing is, right, we... You know, I, I literally mentioned a while ago, I take Star Trek very seriously. I, I sound culty, but I, sometimes I do just flip to the other side and I'm just like, at the end of the day, it is just a, a TV show. And I don't ever understand why people feel so strongly about something where they go, I hate it. I feel like there are really probably only three or four episodes that people probably if they turn around and say i hate them then i'm like yeah that makes sense and if we can kind of uninvent them then fine but there's only a handful of those episodes in 800 that exist the rest are just eh. for my money i don't understand why everybody hates code of honor from enterprise i don't i'm like that episode is not perfect but to me it's fine i mean i don't i mean i don't generally get too political at all mm. so but when when other star trek fans get political when they talk about code of honor i'm like I yeah don't see that i so I, yeah sorry no no but i know but i i the the thing that i don't like is when star trek fans who want to bag on discovery or want to bag on my beloved Kelvin timeline, they bring it to a political place. They bring it to a political place. And I can't really abide by that or stand by that. Uh, yeah. I, 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 no, I guess, I mean, the thing is with code of honor, just to kind of answer that is, is uh, code of honor is probably one of those episodes that I could probably just do without. I don't really need it in my life. Um, I do. I have, I have said on, on occasion that, um, you have to recognize that people did work on it. There are some things, there are some aspects of that episode, the artistry, the matte paintings are, are, mm-hmm. are wonderful. The costuming, uh, yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. um, the, the thing is with code of honor is the story itself isn't racial. It's the casting is the casting is so unfortunate. What they decided to do. The original concept is the, these aliens were supposed to be reptilians with like a, like a Bushido kind of samurai kind of code of honor. That's where the code of honor thing comes from. But the casting director for whatever insane reason decided to go, we're just going to hire black people to portray the roles of this race. The Picard and crew are just going to kind of, look down at and 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 that that was where it became a problem and then when you hear of all the kind of behind the scenes stuff you know the director apparently uh, again this is obviously just legend and myth and uh it might happen it might not but 
people said it happened. So you have to kind of listen to those people where the director was being incredibly disrespectful and, and abusive to some of these people as well. It, it, it just is a bit of a problematic story. There's also the kind of sexist stuff as well, where women are being treated as material objects. It's just, it's just not a great look, but to kind of head over to, I mean, I, I do think that politics is, I think where we're at, as a society is it's just a kind of unavoidable element of everyday life. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. If it's Star Trek, if it's, uh, I don't know, another TV show or, or if it's a, if it's sport, you know, we're at this kind of crossroads, I guess, in, in our, in our development where I think we're having a lot of conversations and a lot of things that need to be said are being said. And I guess I'm pleased because the things that need to be said are being said by the people that need to say them. And, and I like the fact that we are starting to listen to those people. And very importantly, the people that need to listen to those people are listening. It's a very important time. Um, Star Trek has, you know, and this is, this is something that I learned on my podcast uh, a few months ago is that I, and I agree with it is, is Star Trek was never political in a, in a traditional left-right politics sense, but it was always social political in in the stories that it was telling. You know, it's it's always been woke, as we call it. Star Trek's always been woke. It was made by someone who was woke uh, at the time, so it, it's always been grounded in that social progression, and that's that's why I love it so much. But at the same time, for people that want to take Star Trek as this journey through space and enjoy it at surface level, that's not something to look down on. That's not something to go, you know, and I see it all the time. It's like, oh, if you, you can't watch, you can't watch Star Trek and you can't be a fan if you don't, um, if, if you don't, uh, I, don't I don't know what they say. If, if you don't, if you enjoy Star Trek as just a space opera, then you're not really a Star Trek fan. I'm like, well, that's gatekeeping on the other side. And that's also unacceptable because there are people out there. My dad, my dad does not, I mean, he does care about politics, but when he watches his TV shows and stuff, he wants to just watch it for what it is, escapist stuff. If he wants politics or social political activities and things, he'll go to a rally or he'll watch the news or read a newspaper. But that's the beauty again of what Star Trek is. If you want to watch Star Trek and enjoy it for its deep morality tales and for its allegory, tremendous. I enjoy it for that. But then I have a day where I'm just like, do you know what? I just want to watch uh, some ships crash into each other. Fuck it. And, and then I can enjoy it for that as well. It's the beauty of Star Trek, man. No, for me personally, I don't watch Star Trek for political allegory. If I want political allegory, my science fiction that's what I watch BSG for mm. because, oh, yeah. B, because BSG is the West wing in space. Mm. So, yeah. um, so I want to move away from Star Trek for just a minute, but not really <laughs> move away from it. In your videos, you often mention uh, the Trek wife, right? Yes. So I'm just wondering, so how did you guys meet? How did you guys, you know, how did you discover your lovely wife? <laughs> discovery um well uh we met online uh we yeah, met online really? yeah as 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 all as all kind of modern romances go it's it's not a it's not a chance encounter in a in an english pub it's not a it's not anything like that it's nothing magical uh we met online um i had um 
I'd come out of a long-term relationship a couple of years before and I was just, um, you know, I won't mince words. I was having fun as someone in my early to mid twenties, um, in enjoying time with friends and you know, just having, having a laugh and enjoying my life. I wish um, I you again. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where, you know, you're just going, going through a, a dating app and, um, I'm, I, I saw her and, uh, obviously there was the instant kind of physical attraction. Uh, I am, a you know, a, a disgusting man. Um, but I'm, I, 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 I'm never creepy. So I, I'm always kind of like, I never want to be like the first person to message and, and I'm never going to be the type of guy that's like, Oh, hello. Cause that's not really my style. I can't remember. I can't, I can't really remember what it was. I think we just connected on the app and then oh. I just sent her a, Hey, how are you? Uh, how, how, how is life? And trying not to, trying to not be a creepy dude. Cause it's very yeah. important that we not be creepy dudes. Um, Laura Trek wife, she's quite quiet and shy and reserved. And she, she gets very anxious about new situations. And um, unfortunately she had uh, had some, some, previous bad relationship experiences so i feel like she was kind of on there testing the waters you know trying to see kind of what was out there um it took me about two months to convince her that i was not uh, a creepy guy that was gonna kill her or, or whatever and uh and we went uh we went on a day i uh we went to london we went to the zoo we bonded over our love of animals because we didn't we 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 didn't bond over Star Trek. She she doesn't mind Star Trek. She's she doesn't really deserve to be called Trek wife. But so um, she deserves a new name. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. She uh, well, she 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 doesn't mind it. Um, I can't remember really what her favorite stuff is. I think she, I think she likes Voyager and TNG. Uh-oh. But um, yeah. Um, no, no. It's um, it's cool. It's cool. Um, and she she likes Harry Potter. That's like her thing. She loves loves Harry Potter. Uh, but we we bonded over animals. We we both love love animals. We uh, we're volunteers at our local uh, rescue shelter for cats and dogs and um we hit it off we went to london zoo we went uh, up the really tall building in london called the shard and had a lovely lovely time and it was just one of those things where there after we worked out that you know after i worked out that she wasn't mad and she worked out that i wasn't crazy and i was going to kill her um we just hit it off we uh, we both also she worked at a cinema when we met and got together and um yeah, that's seven years ago now. You know, we're living together. We've got a kid on the way. And and honestly, despite the fact that I wish she liked Star Trek more, um, I, I couldn't be happier. She's um, she's really kept me sane, especially over the last year and a bit. Mm-hmm. No, because you've, uh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you've had a pretty difficult time of it over, over recent years, right? With your YouTube channel, personal issues and shit like that. So... To see you thriving now is wonderful. I mean, your YouTube channel is 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 going to the stratosphere, and uh, you just got a promotion at work, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, they uh, they they just can't get rid of me, so they they've decided to keep me on and uh, and give me a fancy new job title that doesn't really mean that much. It get it, it means that I get to boss other people around and, and do even less work than I was doing before. But no, it's it's you know it's I. W- I wouldn't, I really, I think it's been mostly a really good time as Trek lad. You know, there have been some ups and downs. There have been some challenges. There have been things that, you know, unexpected things and and I've made mistakes for sure. And um, I I think the important thing is, is that you remember 
always remember the lessons that you learn, grow from them. Um, but absolutely tiny blips. I mean, it, it's been a unprecedented period of um, success and enjoyment for me. And I'm just kind of grateful for every moment that I have grateful for every connection that I make. Obviously Star Trek has bought, you know, as it, it you know, it, it created the friendship that you and I have, which uh, I'm very, very grateful for. Um, met Trek Central and the wonderful people over there, Trek Culture and networking and making so many new friends. And I think being in lockdown, like everybody else, it, you have those moments where you feel isolated. Uh, luckily, I had Star Trek and, and even more luckily, Star Trek gave me this wonderful rich diverse community of brilliant people i'm so grateful so grateful that's amazing um i just have a couple more questions before i wrap up here because i know you got a vamoose um what is the story behind your ink i kind of know the story because i kind of creep on you a little bit watch your live streams all the time (laughs) uh but why don't you tell my audience what's the deal with all your your inkiness. I'm going to disappoint you and I'm going to disappoint the listeners. There are no stories. There are no stories. Uh, I think a lot of people go, if you're going to go and get tattoos, then you have to have a reason. You have to have stories. There has to be meanings behind getting stabbed by an ink pen for hours upon hours. And I I don't. The truth is that I don't. And it really disappoints my mum. I just like ink and i have many tattoos no trek tattoos though um and uh yeah they they don't really mean a lot some of them do some of them have stories some of them have stories that i will never share ever um some of them do uh like on on my on this wrist i have a quote from event horizon um i have i have a personal mantra to always work hard have fun and be nice I have stayed true on my knuckles, which is very important to me. I love that one. Yeah, it's it's important to, you know, stay true to self. And, you know, maybe when I'm on YouTube and when I'm podcasting, I swear less. But the person that is having this conversation with you now is the same person that will turn off all of this crap and go to bed. Mm -hmm. The same person. Um, So, yeah. uh, And and the neck tat is uh, the neck tat is actually from a movie. but again, it's a story that you just have to work it out. Have to work. It okay. What's the movie? Do you want to tell us, or do you? No. no okay. Work it out. Work it out. Go All right. Well, it. now I'm going to have to start screen grabbing your videos to look at your neck. <laughs> do you know what you've done to me now? That's that's not creepy at all. It's not creepy, man. Well, kind of. That's that's, that's kind of <laughs> that is kind of just going over the line just a little bit on my on my submission. <laughs> I uh, the last thing I just want to say to you, I really love the way that you produce your videos and specifically the way that you used to run your live stream, your live stream panels. Did you do, did you do all that with OBS? Did you, um, because you ran like a specific Star Trek video before the start of the panel. And then I just love your presentation and the way you put things together. Thanks man. Yeah. Visual presentation is really important. I mean, the branding of Trek Lads is is carefully thought out. It took a, you know, it, I, I I'm not going to lie. It didn't take a lot of time to put together. I knew what I wanted, and I put it together, um, and and we just rolled with it. Um, same thing for the videos. Same thing for the podcasts. Everything has to be 
everything has to look or sound a certain way. Um, a lot of people will tell you when you're starting out with a YouTube uh, YouTube channel or podcast that it doesn't really matter what equipment you're using. And that is absolutely true to a certain degree. Um, but if you're serious about it and you really, 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 really want to take it to the next level, then obviously you have to go and get the road mic and you have to get the ring light and you have to get, you know, the, the crap that, that you can see behind me. Um, and, and it's, you know, I, I've worked hard to distill things and, and to improve them um the stream the stream um that for the live discussions i would use something called Streamyard, which is an off-the-shelf streaming package which uh was really really useful for me when i started using it now my live streams go out via obs because you know i i did what most people really want to learn something do i went and locked myself in a dark room and didn't come out until i'd learn it the same with photoshop and premiere pro and all that kind of stuff that i used um, the, the video package was put together in Premiere Pro. It's essentially just a montage. Um, but yeah, I would use StreamYards, uh, very similar to like Zoom calls. You just bring people in. You can control it really easily with a click of the button. But OBS is what I use now for my live streams. And uh, yeah, I mean, some of these things have a steep learning curve. But like I said, I mean, if you're really, if, if, if leveling up and the look and feel of something is important, you know, for, to, to some people, no, to some people, it's not important because to some people, the actual messaging, what I'm going to say is more important than anything. And, and if you have that, it doesn't really matter if you're using a road mic or your mobile phone. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, really, the message is, is the most important thing. But I like to have all of the other kind of accoutrement as well. And uh, it, it, it served me well. And, you know, you noticed it. And I think, you know, someone's trying to build a brand. Well, first and foremost, trying to have fun, but also building a brand, you know, as a little bonus. Um, I think it was all quite important to have the complete package. To be honest, I was kind of pissed today that you didn't that, that you don't have your lights on. I kind of miss your lights. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't really, I wasn't going to have fine. the camera on, but yeah. That's fine. Uh, all right. So I guess that'll do it for our protracted, short, sweet uh, interview but i uh, just wanted to thank you again for coming on the red wall podcast and sitting down with me for god knows how long this interview was but uh just uh, if my if my audience wants to track you down and uh where's the best place to find you online uh well first and foremost marcelo thank you so much for having me on this wonderful podcast i'm glad that we were able to do it uh hopefully you'll have me back soon uh, i loved being grilled thank you so much and uh, we, we will have to do it again and um lovely listeners thank you so much for listening to me if you'd like to find me you can find me on twitter instagram youtube at treklad uh website www.treklad.co.uk but really mostly on twitter tweeting gifts pictures and, and just having a good time around stuff Thank you so much for being here, Michael. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. So that'll do it for episode 74 of the Red Wall podcast entitled Trek Lad. If you like the work that I do here at the Red Wall, I would appreciate a comment, a like, or subscribe on whatever podcast service you're listening to this on at this very moment. But with all that being said and out of the way, until next time, as I say often, I'll see you when I see him.